You're listening to the Hudson Valley Region Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ, teaching and worshiping God in the beautiful New York State counties of Orange and Rockland. This is Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 4. It says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. He was scattering the seed. Some fell among the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up, and it choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him about this, what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock and the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it but have no root. They believe for a while, but in in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. This is a parable. A parable is a story, sort of an everyday practical story that everybody can understand, but it's not really about what the story is about. This is not Jesus' tips for farming. This is a, a simple story that you and I can understand that is really an explanation of deeper spiritual things. This is what we like to call the parable of the four soils. And in this story, in this story there are four types of soil. I have a a picture here. Go ahead and put that up there. This, uh, here are the four different types of soils. And these soils don't represent actual soils. That's not the point of it. Jesus says the point is these different soils represent four different types of hearts that we can have as people when we hear the word of God. Before you again, you see these four different types. There's first of all, there's the path. Now, if you look at the path up there in the upper left-hand corner, Uh, You know, paths are great. Paths are great for driving on. Paths are great for walking on. Paths are great for a lot of different things. But paths are terrible if you want to plant something, right? You look at that path up there, and, uh, and it's a very hard place, right? It's a very impermeable place. That's one of the types of soil that Jesus mentions. These are the people, the Bible says, hear the word, but then Satan takes it away. That's what the path is. The, the, the word comes, the word is put there, but then Satan comes and takes the word away and it, and it doesn't penetrate. It doesn't, it doesn't sink in. It doesn't go anywhere. That's the path. 
And then the second soil that he mentions here is the rocky soil. You look up there and you see, of course, in the bottom uh, left-hand corner there, you see the rocky soil. This is soil that has some good qualities to it, but has a lot of other stuff in there. Right? This, the, Jesus says, these are the people who receive the word of God with joy. Right? They hear the word and they're like, yes, that's great. That's awesome. But the word takes no roots. It doesn't really, really sink in. It sinks in a little bit, but he says when times of testing come. And let me tell you, if you're a Christian for any period of time, times of testing will come. It will be hard. If you think becoming a Christian means it's going to be easy because now you're on God's side, you're really mistaken. I'm sorry. Oftentimes, because you're on God's side, it gets even harder in life. Now, there's some things that are a lot easier about being on God's side, but there's some things that are really difficult about being on God's side. So when these times of testing come, this rocky soil are people who at first had joy and excitement about the word of God, but it never really took root because of all the other things that are in the soil. And the testing comes and it ends up withering and dying. And then you've got the thorny soil. It's, of course, in the upper right-hand side there. Thank you. The upper right-hand side. This is the soil that that is also has some good qualities to it because there are things growing in the soil, but there's the wrong things growing in the soil. These, this, is, this is soil that, that is choked, the Bible says, by other things. There's not room for good things to grow because there's so many other unwanted things in there. And Jesus speaks even specifically about what these things are, doesn't he? I mean, he doesn't leave it generic and metaphorical for us. He actually talks about what these things are. He mentions life's worries. That's one of the things that, that, that all of us are tempted with at times in our life, right? Life's worries. These are things that come into our lives and they choke out what should be growing in our hearts. Life's worries. Riches. Riches. You know, we live in one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest country on the planet. I mean, the, the least fortunate of us is still in the one, top 1% of the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what we have and what we take for granted. We have so many things. I had a friend say one time, we have so much stuff that we have to go out and rent places to put our stuff, right? <laughs> and then we go visit our stuff. You're like, hey, I'm just checking on my stuff, right? There's your stuff. It's in the thing that you rented for your stuff. I mean, we just have so much stuff. You know, we are so wealthy and we have so many things. These Riches is something that can choke out the word. And then, of course, pleasures, he mentions. Pleasures. And he's not saying that pleasures are wrong. You know, it's not wrong to have pleasurable things in your lives but sometimes pleasures the the pursuit of pleasures and pleasures themselves can just be all-consuming and it can use up the good soil in our heart and choke out like jesus said the, the 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 things that should be growing in our lives that's the thorny soil and then of course he mentions the good soil right there's a picture there see the good soil i mean it just looks good doesn't it i mean there's even like stuff growing in it right it just looks good. It's just healthy. It looks good. That's the good soil. This, the Bible says, or the, the, this is the heart that when they hear the word, they retain the word and they persevere and produce a crop. That's what a good soil is. That's what Jesus is talking about. So Jesus tells this amazing, amazingly simple little parable 
about the four different types of hearts that we have today when we hear the word of God in our lives. So it really, honestly, it just sort of begs the question, doesn't it? Which soil are you today, right now? Which soil are you? Are you the, are you the path? Are you the one who sits here and, and just sort of lets the word of God just bounce off your heart? You're like, yeah, 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 I've heard this story before. Ah, the parable of the story. Ah, couldn't think of anything else to preach about, huh, today? Is that right, Phil? You got to go back to the parable of the story. Yeah, that's called the path. It's still the word of God, man. It's just bouncing off your heart, right? Satan's coming in, taking it away as we speak. Are you the path? Are you the path? Are you the rocky soil? You know, you come to church, you listen to the word, you get fired up. You're like, yes, yes, I love it, I love it, I love it. And then the rest of the week, you're gone. You disappear. You're off the radar. You don't open the Bible. You don't talk to brothers. You don't communicate with sisters. You don't stay close. You don't work to, 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 to grow in your, 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 uh, your, 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 your knowledge of the Word of God. It's just shallow. It's something you do one day, maybe two days a week. And, and you're genuine, but there's just no root. And times of testing come along and just knock us down. Or are you the thorny soil? You know, you, you want to do what's right. You know, there's good soil down in there, but you're just so consumed with so much other stuff. You just, there's just so much. I mean, there's so much going on. You have worries. You've replaced faith in your life with worry. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 6 that to people who were worrying, said stop worrying and replace it with faith. The opposite of worry is faith. And so often we consume ourselves with our worries, our riches, and our pleasures. There's just so much stuff. Are you the thorny soil? Or are you the good soil? Are you the good soil? Are you the one who hears the word and you work to retain it and persevere so you can produce a a crop? Or maybe, maybe honestly, for most of us, you're a combination of all of them. A little bit of the path, and you got to work on that. A little bit of the thorny soil. A little bit of the rocky soil. Maybe a little bit of even the good soil. Where are you in this? Clearly, Jesus wants us all to be good soil. That's what he wants. He doesn't. He's not telling you this so you feel terrible about yourself and you can go home and eat a pint of ice cream. No, what he's asking you, what he's wanting to inspire you to do, is to change and become the good soil. This is a good sermon, isn't it? I mean, this is this is Jesus' sermon. In fact, this is so good of a sermon, I'm not even going to preach this sermon. Jesus already preached it. Jesus did such a good job preaching this sermon that he not only gave us the sermon, but he gave us the teacher's edition afterwards, right? He said, here's the sermon, and here's the notes on top of it. Here's what I mean by what I said. There's no guessing involved in what he's talking about. This is a good sermon, so I'm not today going to preach this sermon. However, I am going to share a few observations, all right? In fact, two observations. Let me share with you two observations about this amazing sermon that Jesus preached. All right, let me throw two at you. First of all, first observation is this. Anyone can farm. How about that, right? 
Thank you. Have a great day. No, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Anyone can farm. Anyone can farm. You know, one of the basic tenets of Christianity is this. The world needs God. The world needs God. And, and that is the very heart of evangelism. That's why we talk to people about God. Because we understand, as painful as it is a truth to embrace, that the world without God is lost. You know, some people try to argue, well, yeah, but what about those people in that far-off country and that distant island who've never, ever, ever, ever possibly ever heard of Jesus? They're going to be lost too? I mean, the Bible teaches that ignorance is not an excuse. That God commands all people, all, everywhere, to repent. If it was, if it was okay, if God was going to allow that person way over there who never, ever, ever heard of God to make it into heaven, then it would be better for us not to tell them about God. It would be better for us to shut our mouth, stop preaching about Jesus, and let people be ignorant, because if, if God lets the ignorant, the people in that don't know about God, then it would be better for us not to say anything. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, go tell people. They need to know. It is a basic part of Christianity is that without God, the world is lost. Without God, you and I are lost. It, 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 it's, it's a hard truth that we need God. That's just a basic part of Christianity. Christianity. I had a friend say, Christianity is a rescue religion. You know, I mean, that's that's the point of it. God is here to rescue you. God is God, you are not, and he's going to save you. That's it. And oh, hey, by, by the way, he would like you to help some other people along the way. Great, no problem. Got it. You, you're rescuing me? I can help whoever needs some help. I think I can do that. I think it's the very least I can do, God. That's what Christianity is. We need to be saved. But the beauty of this passage, I think, is this this parable we just looked at is is not just that people need to be saved but what's beautiful i think about this parable that jesus tells is it teaches us actually how to help people get saved if you look into it a little a little deeper you'll see that that this parable teaches us how to help the lost the key ingredient in this parable is one thing, the word. That's it. That, I would argue, is the main character of this parable. It's not the farmer. In fact, when Jesus explains what he's tell- talking about when he says this, uh, this whole parable, he doesn't even give a credit to the farmer. Well, the farmer is the guy who, he doesn't even say, the farmer's not even an issue. The, the seed is the word. That's the main character. And so the observation that I'm making and what I'm trying to teach you is this. Anyone can farm. Because you're not the main character. You're not the center of the show when it comes to helping other people. Our job is just to get the word to people. The word is what changes people. The word is what changes people. The word is the center of the show. You know, sometimes I think we think we're the star of the show. Don't we? Sometimes we do. But the truth is, the farmer was not, was not a significant character 
in this parable. It was the seed. We can go to two different extremes. On one hand, we can start thinking so highly of ourselves. Look how great I am. Look at all the people that I reach out to. Look at all the people that I've studied the Bible. Look at all the people that I have helped to baptize and become Christians. Look how amazing. Did I tell you how many people that I helped? Did I tell you? Did I tell you how great I am? And we can elevate ourselves and lift ourselves and think we're so awesome. And listen, amen. Thank you for for working so hard. Thank you for saving lost souls. Thank you for helping people. That's exactly what we should do. But the humbling thing about it is, even after all you've done, you're still not the star of the show. You're, you're not the main character. Of course, we can also then go to the other extreme, where we can be like, ah, I can't help people. I don't know what to do. I have no idea what to do. I don't know what to do. I mean, what if, what if, uh, you know, what if they find out I have weaknesses? You know, what if they find out that I sin? What if they find out that uh, I don't, sometimes I even have doubts. What do they find out? What if, what if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer? Well, let me tell you something. They are going to find out that you have weakness. And they are going to find out that you have doubts. And they're going to ask you a question that you're not going to know the answer to. But again, the beauty is you're not the star of the show. The point isn't you. The point is to get the word to them. So I don't know what you struggle with, whether you think too highly of yourself or you think too lowly of yourself. The truth is just stop thinking about yourself. I'm getting red. I feel it. The word is the, is the, is this, is the, is what changes people's life. So anybody can farm. Anybody can farm. You know, years ago, I studied the Bible with a young cadet at West Point. We sat at Grant Hall, and we did a Bible study on the Word of God and what the Word says about itself and what it means. And at the end of the Bible study, I asked him what I ask everybody at the end of this study. I say, so, do you believe in the Bible? He said, yes. I said, great. I said, do you want to study the Bible again and learn more? He said, no. And I said, I said, really? And he said, nope, not interested. <laughs> And I was a little taken back, you know. I mean, you know, I, I said, you understand? We just talked about how important it is. Yep, I understand. Uh, do you, and you don't want to know any more? Nope. I said, all right, man. You know, this. I mean, have a great day. I don't know. What do you say? Have a nice day. A couple months later, I get a call from him. He was involved in a leadership program at West Point, and he was actually in charge of the program. It was over the summer. And he called me and he said, hey, I'm getting together a group of people. Would you mind coming and leading a Bible study for this group? And I just out of the blue, I said, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I show up and I get to, to, to where he's at. And he has 12 people, 12 cadets waiting for me to say the Bible. And he goes, Phil, here you go. Here's a room. Have a nice day. And he begins to walk away. And I said, where are you going? What are you doing? He goes, oh, I got to go to work. I said, I said, so here I was with 12 people that I didn't know teaching the Bible, organized by a guy who had no interest in the Bible himself. My point is this, anybody can farm! Anybody can do it. Anybody can get people to the Word. 
and then let the word do the work. 29 years ago, this December, 29 years ago, I had a, a, a youth minister showed me a scripture that absolutely changed my life. Prior to it, I was a teenager. Prior to that, everything I did was because my parents made me do it. My faith wasn't my faith. It was my parents' faith. I went to church because my parents made me go to church. And, and I had a lot of questions, and I had, a, I had a lot of issues with things that were going on. I sat down with this particular young man, and I just told him my issues. And he pulled out a scripture, Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23, and read me one passage. And it changed my perspective forever. All of a sudden in this passage, God went to being, went from being something that I do to someone that I know. Church went from being an obligation that I had to go to to an, a chance to have a connection with a creator who was interested in me. It was a paradigm shift that rocked my world. And here I am 29 years later, and I've never looked back. It still shapes the direction I go. I've had bad days, don't get me wrong. I've had bad, I've had bad decades, all right? I've, I've had my struggles. But that passage, the scripture, changed me. That young youth minister, that young man that showed me the scripture, he's long gone. He left God years ago. He quit. He quit on his marriage. He quit on his, his life. He quit on God. He's long gone. But I still stand here. Why? Because of him and how fantastic he was? No, because it was the word of God. So my point is, anybody can farm. Anybody can farm. Anybody can farm. You can get the word out to people. My sister sent me a quote that said, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You know, it's not about you. It's about God and about his word. Actually, Steve referenced this scripture earlier. Isaiah, I think it was Steve, right? Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. It says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that yield seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It, not, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Did you catch that? I feel like I should read that again. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that you yield seed for the sower and bread for the eater. This is the Lord saying, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's saying, it's not you. It's my word. It's my word. You know, all we have to do is get people to the word. And then they can choose what kind of heart they will be and respond according to how they're going to respond. But our job is just to get the word 
to them. Anybody can farm. And my second observation from this sermon that Jesus preached, that's convicting enough in and of itself, right? My second observation is not only that anyone can farm, but any soil can change. Let me offer you some hope. Any soil can change. I mean, just look at the picture behind me for a second, just practically speaking, all right? Just not, let's not talk about the Bible for a second. Just practically speaking, you can change any of those three soils to make them good soil, right? Can't you? I mean, even the worst one, the path that's clearly barren and hard and unreceptive to any or very little growth, right? You can change that. Now, it will take work. It may take effort. It may take a lot of pain. And the truth is, the farther we've let our hearts go, the more work it's going to take to come back. All right, so don't be, you know, naive about that. But any soil can change. I could bring a bulldozer. I could bring a truckload of fertilizer. I mean, you can you can do, you can change the path. It can happen. It may be hard, but it can happen. Any soil can change. And just like it's true with the picture we're looking at, that the same is true with our hearts. Any soil can change. And let me tell you a little secret. That's God's specialty. That's what he, that's what he is, that's what he masters at, is changing hearts. You know, those parts of your heart that are, they're just like out of your reach and you can't get to and you just, whatever you do, it just doesn't work. Or that person in your life that you love, but they just don't seem to understand it or they don't seem to get it. You know, all, when it's just out of your grasp, that's what God does. That's what his specialty is. Changing hearts. It's not something he dabbles in. It's what he does. He changes hearts. Man, any soil can change. Now, I know we're talking metaphorically here. You know, you want to change the soil. You might have to bring in the bulldozer. Amen. Got it, Phil. But you know what? Let me break it down even more practical. Let's not just speak metaphorically. Let's, let's make it practical. Let me read to you what Jesus says a good heart looks like. Look there in verse 15 again. It says, But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. But here the Bible says a good soil, a noble soil, is very simple. It's the person who hears the word, retains the word, and perseveres to produce a crop. That's it. It's simple. I know we can talk about, oh, you need a bulldozer, and maybe I don't know what you need to get to that, that's what you got to figure out. And the truth is, that's where we can help each other. Sometimes we can help each other get to that. That's what our, our relationships are great for, is helping each other get to the point where our hearts can be people who hear the word, retain the word, and persevere in the word. I, I go you know, to people's houses all the time. 
And I'm always encouraged when I go through people's houses and they have scriptures. Sissy has scriptures all over her house, right? Especially in the kitchen. I think maybe that's where she's most tempted to not be scriptural, maybe. Maybe that's why you have the, okay, all right, amen. Uh, sorry, I'm not trying to confess your sins here. But, but, but I, what I love when I'm in Sissy's house is not only are the scriptures there, they're everywhere, but they're also sort of tattered and torn, meaning they've been there a while, right? She's been, she's been fighting. She's been fighting to hear the word, to retain the word, and to persevere. Man, you got to hear the word. And hearing the word is not just an audible thing. I mean, we have people who are, you know, uh, uh, audib- audibly challenged. I don't know what the word hearing challenged. Hearing impaired. Who can still hear the word? Because you can read the word. You can look at the word. I mean, so it's not just an audible thing. It's about it. It's about letting it in. But letting it in isn't enough. In fact, one of the soils, I can't remember which one, but one of them actually says, oh, I think it's the, the rocky soil. They hear the word. They heard the word too, it says. But it's, so it's not just hearing. It's going a step further. It's retaining it. What do you got to do to retain it? What, what, do you, what do you need? That's what you got to figure out. What do you need to retain it? And then once you retain it, that's still not the end. You gotta, you gotta do it, man. You gotta persevere. You gotta hang in there. You gotta push to, 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 to produce the crop. It does not come easy. This is what a good heart is. And so, if this is what a good heart is, we can get there. You know, so many times I think we, don't understand what a good heart is, or we have our own idea of what a good heart is. You know, we see a, a person who's really nice and friendly, and we're like, oh, they're just so good-hearted. They're so nice. You know, they're so friendly. Listen, I like nice, and I like friendly. Please, continue to be nice, and continue to be friendly. But please also understand that, biblically speaking, nice and friendly do not equate to a good heart. In fact, Acts chapter 17 teaches us what noble character is and also equates that uh, noble character to your response to the word of God. So what defines a good heart or not isn't your friendliness or your niceness. What, 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 what defines a good heart is your response to the word of God. And the truth is anybody can be good hearted. Anybody can do this. You know, sometimes we look at people who are good at, at hearing the word, retaining the word, and persevering. We look at those people and go, oh, that's just a gift for them. You know, they were probably born that way. Me, I am lost. I'm a loser. I could never do that. But they, it just seems to come easy. That's, that's garbage. Nobody is born knowing the Bible. Nobody is born doing these things. you got to work at it. And so if you dismiss someone with a good heart and say, oh, it's just natural for them, you're actually just making an excuse why you're not going to have a good heart. You can do it. It just takes the time and the effort. It's up to you to have a good heart or not. Can you hear? Can you retain Can you persevere? The answer is yes. Yes, you can. You can do it. Isn't this the formula for any good relationship? I mean, think about, isn't this what your boss wants from you at work, right? Your boss, she wants you to hear. 
She wants you to retain, and she wants you to persevere, right? Isn't that what your boss wants, right? Isn't this what you, if you're going to be an athlete, isn't this what it is? If you're going to be an artist, a musician, isn't this the formula? You know, husbands, isn't this the formula, right? Your wife says, she talks to you, you hear, you retain, and you persevere, right? Isn't that the formula? I'm speaking from experience, right? Yeah, yeah, all right. This is, this is a good heart. It's not just saying, yeah, got it, cool, awesome, great job. It's hearing, retaining, and persevering. God's, my point is this, a good heart isn't elusive and intangible. A good heart is very possible for you. That guy that I shared about, that cadet who brought 12 friends and then left, the guy who we did Bible studies with and said, I, I don't want any, no, I don't want to do this, and walked away, that guy eventually changed and became good soil. That guy eventually, after continuing to come to church and listening to the word of God, eventually turned himself in and said, you know what? I need to change. That young cadet ended up getting baptized. He's actually now out of, uh, out of the army. He served his time. He's actually, he and his wife, who's also a Christian, have kids. They live in, and they're part of our church in San Antonio. And he's a good friend of mine still to this day. I mean, that's an amazing example of a heart that can become good. You can do it. You can have a good heart. God wants us to share about him. Anybody can farm, and any soil can change. God wants us to just get the word out there. He just wants us to put him into circumstances and then let him do his work. Earlier, uh, I was at an event at my daughter's school. I was volunteering to help out with some things going on. And while I was there, I, I, I saw one of the dads standing there. So I went up and started talking to him and introduced myself and just, just chatting. And I told him that I'm a minister. And, uh, and, and as we talked about a lot of things, his wife walked up to me and, and walked up to him. And, his, and he introduced his wife to me and in the process said, yeah, and he's a minister. And she said, you are? She said, we're looking for a church. And I said, oh, Awesome. Amazing. And she goes, yeah, we live in Haverstraw. And I said, no. I said, actually, beginning in July, we're going to meet down the street from your house every week. And she's like, that's amazing. And it just reminded me that God is always looking for opportunities for us to inject him into the circumstance. Now, what they do with it, whether they come or not, will depend on them. But I'm just the person who puts the seeds out there, who, who puts God out there. That's what God wants me to do. People need God. You are a farmer. There's power in the word, and people can change. Paul sums it up this way, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. Let's let's be people who farm, and let's be people who have a good heart. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hudson Valley Region podcast. For more information about our ministry or to attend a church service, please visit our website at hvregion.com. 